0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Saturday at twelve o'clock. You know what that means? It's time for another episode of the Mega Strange Podcast. I'm Derek, your host here with my pal, hello, my buddy uh, Johnny, world famous Twitch streamer Johnny TV. Uh, <laughs> I, you may not know this, Johnny's famous for streaming on Twitch. I am famous for making YouTube videos. Put us together, we are a a pair of entertainers taking over the internet. Um, And we join forces every Saturday to do this podcast, the Mega Strange podcast, bringing you everything weird, bizarre, silly, supernatural, silly. (laughs) I'm glad you got that. Outlandish, or just plain stupid. Yes. The one thing I didn't say was strange. Yeah. We'd, and of course, we could do a take two. All things strange. Think can be no take two. This take is perfect. We're nailing it. Anyways, how are you feeling today? I'm pretty good. I'm not used to being filmed at this angle. This is not our usual set. Um, <laughs> we're going to be building a new set soon, which yeah, is really hopefully. exciting. I think we're going to do maybe like a hangar or a bunker or I'm not sure. Some doomsday prepper shit. I would like that. Yeah. Same. Make it look cool. Make it like Beekman's World. Yeah. Give it a vibe. You mm-hmm. remember that show or is that my I'm a little older than I you I think I was more of a Bill Nye the Science guy yeah. type of person. Beekman was a little kookier. Yeah. Well, uh this is an informal episode because we are about to be setting off to Seattle. Yes. For PAX. I think it's fair to say that. PAX Prime 2021. I happen to be one of the keynote speakers. Oh yeah. Along with Rocco. Uh so we're prepping for that. Uh big honor but also i hope when we're out in seattle we have a chance to sneak off and do a very special on location episode of mega strange
1: yeah i hope so too i uh, rad.
0: well we're gonna try to fit into our schedule i've already been doing some amazing research about some um very famous supernatural events that happen in and around the seattle area i don't want to say too much but i'm excited so look forward to that episode Today's episode is going to be a throwback to one of my favorite episodes that we did on the previous incarnation of this show. This was kind of like the proto-episode, the like
1: start of Mega Strange, I would say.
0: Yeah, we could even say this is Mega Strange episode zero. Yeah. Mega Strange begins
1: Mega Strange year one. That's what we should call this episode, year one or... This,
0: this is uh, when we first did our our cryptid hunt. Yes. The very first cryptid hunt, we went out to the desert um, outside of San Diego, the Anza Borrego desert. I mispronounced it in the episode. Oh, really? I mispronounce shit all the yeah, time. Yeah, the Nazgul lines. I'm just flying by the seat of <laughs> pants here. Um, we go out there because there were a lot of legends and supposed sightings of monsters, Bigfoot, Yetis, all the classics, the eight foot tall ambling skeleton, which many people out here have already heard of because they're fans of this show. Yeah. Uh, and a couple others. We also talk about Mothman and just the mystery and magic of the desert. I had never been to the desert before this episode. I'd always been to the beach and to the ocean. And, you know, like growing up seeing the ocean, people who would never seen it be like, wow that was the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was awe inspiring. And I, you know, you grow up with it. You're like, I guess it's a lot of water. When I saw the desert, I had that feeling like this must be what it's like to see the ocean for the first time. This thing was so big. We film it. You get my actual first time reaction. But in addition to that, because a lot of people have already seen that episode, we're going to do some never before seen content in this episode. You want to introduce this? Sure. Um, We did an episode about a couple of rich
1: fellers, you know, Uh Jeffrey Bezos, Elon Musk.
0: Yeah, you can go Uh, back a couple episodes. I think it was our official first episode. I think so, yeah. Our inaugural episode, uh, the Billionaires episode. And uh, there was a little bit of cut content where we talked
1: about a bunch of expensive food.
0: Yeah, we run down the top 10 most expensive food items in the world. And we react to it. And let me tell you, you are underestimating how expensive this food is yeah, and how small the portions are. <laughs> oh my goodness. Rich people be crazy. Dude. Let me tell you, they will spend a lot of money on nothing pretty much. So stick <laughs> around for that. That's going to be coming towards the end of the episode. Yes. Um, this is going to be a real fun episode. We're going to be revisiting a fun topic that a lot of people like and We're going to be so- showing some new stuff that nobody's seen before. But before we get to that, let's get to some corrections from last week's episode. Ooh. Last week, we talked about the history of Godzilla. That was a fun episode. I actually feel like we yeah. had a lot more prepared that we didn't even get into. So much. Because we just kind of got wrapped up in a, having a discussion. Yeah. Um, I think originally the intent was to talk more about how Godzilla and his enemies uh, were based on potentially actual cryptids. And, like, old folklore and stuff. I had so much folklore. And mythology, too. And we just didn't get around to it. So, maybe down the line, we might do another episode just on Godzilla's villains.
1: Yeah. We already did
0: the the episode on the hero. Now we're going to talk about the adversaries. There is a correction to make, though, because I, being the newbie to Godzilla... I said in the episode, I'd only seen two Godzilla movies. Um, and I mistakenly said that in the third Godzilla film, he fights King Kong and that's the first monster he fights. But um, some eagle eye viewers pointed out that actually in the second film, Godzilla raids again, he fights a monster named Anguirus,
1: Angrius. I've seen that movie. It's funny. Someone pointed out that
0: I had seen that movie and forgot about that. Uh, so I apologize for that as well yeah, well, it was a major plot point of the film.: Yeah, uh, you kind of let me down there. You kind of let me uh, uh, hanging it out to dry there. Johnny, <laughs> let me
1: take the heat. Godzilla, I feel like, has a similar fan base like Star Trek. like people yeah. uh, it's been around for so long that just people are just so invested that even if you just get something like mildly wrong, people get uh upset. So I apologize. I also said,, uh, hey, say wrong, so I want to apologize for that as well, or make that correction. Hey, say. I don't think we need to split hairs okay. over that because yeah. it's
0: not like something you got wrong. It's yeah, just a mispronunciation. It's not like you called the Nazca lines the Nazgul lines. <laughs> that would
1: just be stupid. Yeah, there you go.
0: Um, we appreciate everybody. Uh, yeah, thank you. Pointing out those facts for us, and uh, we don't appreciate all the smarmy snippy comments. <laughs> Some no. people are so rude when they try to fact check us. Hey, yeah, we're doing our best. Yeah, I mean, they G checked us. You let us know what we got Godzilla wrong. Godzilla checked us. We'll correct it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to insult our intelligence. Uh, that being said, before we kick off this episode, I just want to remind everybody, if you haven't already done so, do us a favor. This is the number one thing you can do to help this show grow and become bigger Yeah. and get these episodes Succeed. to be more popular. Subscribe to this YouTube channel, the Mega Strange YouTube channel.
1: Yes. And also like liking and commenting also... Super
0: helpful. We love when you like. We love when you comment. Any engagement you do with this helps us feed into the algorithm so that more people can discover this podcast. And that's what we all want to happen, right? So help us out. Um, Subscribe, like, comment. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we do have the Mega Strange Podcast on Instagram. You can follow us personally. I'm Derek Acosta only. Catboy underscore slim. Yes, and without further ado, let's get the cryptid episode underway. This is hunting for Bigfoot and special bonus content, World's Richest Food. This is a special episode of Make It Strange. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> He's, He's real! We, we found, found him. him! Welcome to this special episode of Mega 64 and Teen. We're talking cryptids today. You look like you're dressed up as the cryptid hunter. I feel like I—I I, I feel like I look like the dude from Blues Traveler. You're like the dude from Blues Traveler meets Steve Irwin. You're Ooh. like Blues Irwin out Blues here. Blues Irwin. We're here in San Diego, California, just outside of San Diego, California, where we have found the world-famous Ranchita Yeti, the Ranchetti. This guy Ranchetti. is inspired by a bunch of local legends. You probably didn't know we have Bigfoot in San Diego. You I pro- didn't. You probably didn't know we have monsters, you didn't know no, that? No, I didn't at all. Well, you're standing in front yeah. of him right now. I love his hands. He's
1: got like perfect manicured nails.
0: All right, well I might need to step away for a minute and let Johnny have some alone time oh, with the Ranchetti here. That's okay because <laughs> we have a lot prepared for today's episode. Yeah, yeah, we really do. We're gonna be talking local legends here in San Diego. We're yeah. gonna be talking talking about local legends from where you're from. Yeah. And we're just about one mile away from the edge of the Anzo Borrego Desert, where my favorite, possibly my favorite American monster of all time, the Anzo Borrego Desert ambling skeleton. I'm gonna share that story with everybody today uh, in just a moment, so stick yeah. around. This is a wild episode. This is a crazy episode. We came out, we
1: drove two hours to get this intro, so don't let this shit flop.
0: All right, we're standing here at the edge of the Anza-Borrego Desert. It is hot as fuck out here. It's over 100 degrees. Uh, and this is the biggest desert I've ever seen in my life. I don't think I've ever actually quite seen the desert before. This thing is awe-inspiring, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think about this, Johnny? This looks like exactly what you see when you uh, are on a plane.
1: Also, it wouldn't be a podcast without this phone going off. That's hilarious. How do they always
0: call me? In the me desert. On Mega Sixty Four and Team? literally fuck off with these robocalls. Jesus! (laughs) Uh, Take a look out here at this wide, vast desert. I told you that this was the home of my favorite cryptid, definitely my favorite ghost story from San Diego, the Anza Borrego Desert ambling skeleton. Ambling skeleton. Where supposedly, in the late 19th century, I'm talking 1800s here, after Uh the Civil War, a couple of old prospectors were out here in this desert, exploring these mountains, looking for gold. Oh shit. Supposedly, there's two parts to this story. Supposedly. There is a lost gold mine somewhere in these mountains, somewhere in this desert. And there's stories of Native Americans from a long time ago producing gold and saying it came from these hills. But people don't know, like there's no known uh, gold mines here. They're all tapped out. Uh, So in looking for some of these legendary gold mines, apparently these prospectors, found uh, this ambling skeleton walking through the woods. I'm gonna tell the story once we get back into the studio yeah. in just a second. Um, but the newspapers wrote all about it and it caused a little bit of an uproar. The first of many times that uh, in San Diego history where stories of monster sightings caused people to go out hunting these cryptids. Much like we're doing here today.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm like genuinely like I I feel like a weird like energy. I'm not even joking or like playing to the camera or anything. I just like feel I don't know if it's just like being in nature here,
0: but like I can see there being a walking skeleton out being out here. I it does feel <laughs> like uh being out here away from the city, it's super quiet. Yeah. It, it feels like You know some of these parts may have been undisturbed for hundreds or thousands of years yeah and there's definitely a sense being here that this place is so big and so expansive there's no way to know what's in these mountains or in this desert there's there's definitely a feeling here like a mysterious feeling being here as you can see it's expansive out here uh it's crazy we're right on the edge of the mountain so we, I mean, we were at the top of this mountain and we came halfway down and I thought we were at the bottom And then we came around a corner and we still had so much more to go It's so hot up here, I could feel
1: my f- shoes, like, melting
0: Yeah, we parked the car and waited for a few minutes and we got out, it definitely smelt like burnt rubber Yeah, so. I don't know if that's, yeah Like sulfur out here? The something? car's overheating, we might get stranded Yeah, we might be fucked all right, here we are safely back in the studio after our journey out to the sites in San about? Diego. We're in the woods. Yeah, right. <laughs> after our journey out. Yes. To the haunted desert. We're back now. I told you that desert was haunted. And obviously we saw that the giant Sasquatch statue was there. Yeah but I tried my hardest to find some actual source material okay. about, about that area. Yeah. And I mentioned while we were there, one of my favorite cryptids from San Diego was the ambling skeleton of that desert. And I'd like to share that story with you Please. and our audience right now. You saw the location. We took you to the edge of the <laughs> haunted desert, but what exactly is out there? Well, supposedly there's an eight foot tall skeleton that haunts that area of Southwest San, uh, California, were you going to say something?
1: No, I was just going to say that's fucking tall. That's, like, oh, taller than the Resident Evil lady. I know. Eight and, feet tall. And also, but it's not as tall as that that giant uh, skeleton that everyone was
0: buying during Halloween. Yeah. That so, guy was 12 foot. Uh, imagine, like, uh, in between. Uh, two-thirds of that thing coming yeah. for you. Ooh. So, uh, I I kind of mentioned when I was out there, but supposedly there is a legendary lost gold mine... Somewhere out there in that desert, there are so many stories going back almost 200 years of people searching for this lost gold mine. And all over Southern California, there are actual documented pioneer museums talking about some of the people who have gone on this expedition to find this lost gold mine. Okay. The story uh, of the gold mine starts when some pioneers entered California from Utah Trying to sell some pelts that they had, and for whatever reason, were blown off course. Some people say they got caught up in a sandstorm. Other people say they got lost. But they climbed a hill to find their bearings. And uh, this prospector, I can't, I can't find his name in my notes right now. I believe his name actually was. Um, he went by the name Pegleg. <laughs> I'm trying to find his last name here. Uh, but, but old Pegleg, old Pegleg. God, I wish I had his full name because Pegleg was his nickname. All the people in on uh, this story have like old West names like Charma uh, Clem and and Bobo Clemens or whatever. Bobo Clemens., uh but this this lost mine is known as Pegleg's mine. I can't find his actual name, but he climbed up to the top of a hill. And he found these black stones that were particularly heavy, and he thought that they had copper inside of them. Okay. But he found out that they were pure gold inside. And so he, from that point on, tried to find the source of that gold out in the desert. So supposedly there's a lost mine out there. Now we get to this skeleton, because apparently people uh, searching for this mine have come across all sorts of cryptids out there in the desert damn uh ape men phantoms and the ambling skeleton the first person to see the ambling skeleton or the phantom skeleton was a prospector who went by the name charlie arizona he's said <laughs> to be a wise desert hand I- <laughs> so we got old peg leg and charlie arizona i look like, the way i'm dressed right now I look, look like I look like charlie like my name would be charlie arizona right now one night, Charlie was camped on the western edge of the Badlands of uh, the Ansel Borrego Desert when something scared his burrows. Walking over to investigate, the prospector spotted an eight-foot-tall skeleton just Eight around footer. 200 yards to the east, Yeah, okay. an eight-footer. The skeleton had a lantern-like light flickering inside its ribs, and Charlie swore he could, quote, hear his bones rattling as he disappeared over the ridge. That That is awesome. There are other stories from this desert of uh, desert fires that people describe seeing fireballs in the desert. Okay. And they fireballs that would even like shoot up into the sky and explode. Uh, I don't have too many stories here, but I did read about these fireballs in my research of the, I was looking for any paranormal activity that had taken place in that desert. So I heard about these fireballs, but then connected to these fireballs, this skeleton supposedly has a fireball inside his chest. As the story goes soon, almost all the Borrego regulars knew about the Phantom and Mm -hmm. had began uh, search parties looking for this skeleton. Now, apparently two prospectors whose names have been lost to history unfortunately because it's probably something like uh yeah, probably something cool. yeah like uh like uh, like uh gold piece pete gold piece pete and uh peg iron shooter or something <laughs> oh, Two men whose names are now lost to history tracked down the skeleton for themselves apparently after three nights of hunting the skeleton they spotted an eerie light Ooh. bobbing around the borrego badlands They approached it, and sure enough, it was a skeleton running around, quote, crazily in the black night. They took off after it, and they chased it at a top speed over the hills and through the valleys. Uh, One of them even took a shot at the, quote, shambling phantom. These are uh, This is drawn from an old uh, newspaper article here from San Diego. I like the term shambling phantom. The shambling phantom. Um, After about three miles, the skeleton lost the pursuers in the dark. The skeleton from that point on was seen around town, though infrequently, usually in the Badlands, and a story began to grow up around it. It is said that the skeleton is the spirit of a man who had found and appropriately worked the phantom mine, old peglegs lost mine, but had died in the desert, and his body had been reduced to bones by scavengers and heat. And his ghost, in the form of a huge eight foot tall skeleton, wanders the night desert around the old. Phantom mine chasing off all intruders. That's awesome. That's the story of the phantom skeleton of the Anza Borrego Desert.
1: It sounds like something that you'd see at like Knott's Berry Farms, like they would have like a ride about. The I wish they like did. Phantom.
0: I wish they did. Yeah, but that's not the only cryptid from that desert. Um, dude, seriously, if mm. you look at Google Maps, just a few miles from that lookout point we yeah. were at is this place called the Borrego Sink. Okay, uh, and it's an old prospecting area where people pan for gold and they look for this mine. And apparently Southern California, Bigfoot experts say that the Borrego sink is a hotbed of activity for desert ape men. (laughs) Going
1: as- Desert ape men.
0: As far back as uh, uh, apparently there was an incident in 1939 in which a prospector at the Borrego sink Was camping there alone at night when he was confronted by a pack of hairy, two-legged creatures. Ape men covered with white fur or silver fur. Like the Yeti. Like the one we saw. Holy shit. Like the statue that we saw. That thing was modeled after the Badlands ape men. Dude. Uh, Not only did they have white or silver fur, but they had red eyes that glowed in the dark. Because every true cryptid has yeah. red eyes that glow in the dark. Yeah, they have red eyes. Yeah. Um, 30 years later, uh, most people met this story with skepticism until okay. about 30 years later. That would be 1969. Nice. A well-respected desert wanderer by the name of Harold Lancaster confirmed to skeptics that some kind of strange beast was roaming the Anza-Borrego Desert. He claimed that while he was camped in the same area, He was startled by giant ape men approaching. He grabbed a shotgun, fired a warning shot, and the ape men jumped a good three feet off the ground before hightailing it back into the mountains where they came from. That's wild. Not only that, but we were in Ranchita, which is about a 40-minute drive um, next to the mountain town of Julian. Okay. And there are Sasquatch sightings reported in julian as well julian is famous for its apple pie and apple orchards and in the in the mid 70s in the mid 70s there was and i kind of mentioned this when we were out there a psychologist from san diego claimed to have seen sasquatches eating apples in the orchard and peering into his house window at night that's horrific dude there are stories of ape men sasquatches in san diego going back um. Yeah, over a hundred years. Who knew? Yeah, I, I certainly didn't. Like, yeah, there's I'm a lot. D- I'm
1: not even being facetious. Like, I genuinely didn't know there was a lot of like, uh, Sasquatch-esque folklore. I cryptids.
0: Honestly, didn't either. And this, yeah. I'm only scratching the surface because we didn't even visit a part of San Diego closer to where we are right now, called Proctor Valley, where there's an old dirt road supposedly haunted by. What could be a Sasquatch, but is locally known as the Proctor Valley Monster. Okay. And in the mid-60s, apparently some teenagers encountered the Proctor Valley Monster late at night, and it started off uh, a hunting fervor of teenagers here in San Diego, apparently it was just the popular thing to do to go out to Proctor Valley and hunt for this monster. Even, uh, I think it was like Garrett's parents once. Whoa. I was talking to them and they are like, oh yeah, the Proctor Valley monster. We used to go search for that thing in the 70s all the time. Man, that sounds like so much fun. We
1: should, like, maybe in the future we could, like, I, I, while doing my research, I learned there's a ton of people that just, like, still go out and search for a lot of these cryptids. Like, you could find, like, camping trips that involve searching for cryptids.
0: Bro! You don't even know the half of it. Yeah. Let me share oh, shit. some recent news stories coming okay. out of America right now. All right. You just heard about some stories from the late 18, 1900s and uh seventies and whatnot, but just last, uh, well just this year, I should say the uh-huh. Oklahoma lawmakers proposed a bill for the creation of Bigfoot hunting season in Oklahoma, Representative Justin Humphrey introduced the bill into Oklahoma legislature uh, saying that they should offer hunting licenses to anyone interested in hunting Bigfoot in their state. This is genuinely smart because uh, I think is Oklahoma where people s- like stay, say that Bigfoot is like in actuality. You would be surprised to find out that uh, the number one. I, I have another article here yeah, saying yeah. that there is uh, basically a skunk ape festival mm. being launched in Florida. Skunk ape uh. is uh, the, the Florida name for Bigfoot. And that article says that Florida is the third most has the third most sightings of any state behind Washington and California. So Bigfoot is seen more often in Washington and California than anywhere else in the country. But to get back to Oklahoma. Yeah,
1: I was just going to say real quick that that's a great thing for tourism to have like a set season for Bigfoot hunting. You'll get so many people to go that way.
0: Yeah, but what I think is kind of crazy is that they're going to sell licenses. They're going to sell licenses. Oh. They're going to monetize yes. hunting Bigfoot without any confirmation that Bigfoot is even real. I want to see what a Bigfoot hunting license looks like. Why would it be? <laughs> Oops, sorry. What happens if I'm out hunting Bigfoot and I don't have a license? Do I go to jail? That's my question. Yeah, there's probably no way to enforce it. Um, Apparently, this is to drum up uh, tourism for the annual Oklahoma Bigfoot Festival Ooh, that happens that. in October. You probably didn't know there was Oklahoma Bigfoot Festival. Nope. I didn't know there was Oklahoma Bigfoot Festival. Uh, apparently, it is the Hanobia Festival. And I pulled a video. This time, I pulled a video yeah. from the Hanobia Bigfoot Festival. What's happening out there? What's it, what's it like to go to Bigfoot Fest? Here's a little taste for you. He's the legend of the mountains. This is for you, Johnny. Okay. A silver-haired Choctaw spoke to me. I just shook my head. Loggers This
1: is my favorite Moldy Peaches song.
0: Told me what she said. This basically is if the Moldy Peaches wrote a <laughs> Bigfoot song. Where of Bigfoot... Oh, no legend. oh God look out behind you Bigfoot. oh shit I even see some say it's true Bigfoot
1: there oh my if god Dar she Bigfoot. blows
0: Bigfoot may hunt you
1: Ooh. Ooh. got bars. he's big this, as a this lady slaps Banjo, I'll tell god. you is this where they took Pierce that famous photo of Bigfoot wildfoot.
0: no that's from California oh, okay is he a beast a neanderthal a oh. human dinosaur what? A
1: human dinosaur? Oh, a Bigfoot.
0: Oh shit! <laughs> Watch out behind you, lady! Turn <laughs> around! You got Bigfoot right behind you. Bigfoot looks Bigfoot both peaceful Bigfoot. and intimidating.
1: Yeah, he looks like he's like one of those sweaty dudes from like a hardcore show that's like like eyeing the pit. Like I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get in there. Yeah,
0: he's just waiting for the good song to drop.
1: <laughs> yeah. Over my
0: steel. I don't know if I this. My I don't know if this music video is dog. really doing uh, Bigfoot fast justice. It's, yeah, it's looking a little we'll rural. <laughs> it's looking like there's not He's much going on there. The Some say she gets raunchy blue blue when she drops Bigfoot. that B in Bigfoot. gutter you got roll with it. You Bigfoot think there's Bigfoot fetishists out there? Absolutely, yeah, dude. That makes sense. Uh, the, the big question is, is it, are they called? The big footers or big feeders, feeders. <laughs> big feeders oh if you're you're if you're you. a feeder and big also into if bigfoot you you're a big, big feeder bigfoot big 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 you anyways that's all i wanted to share that with you a little taste was of great. What the hanobia bigfoot i, I really genuinely uh, like that i know it's it's very like wholesome and comforting like yeah. i'd be down to go to the bigfoot festival in oklahoma I, as long as i don't have to buy a license to hunt bigfoot i'm like having this moment of like I know it's, like, tongue-in-cheek to be down
1: with cryptids, but, like, it is kind of, a like, a part of Americana. Like, all this folklore. Like, I just feel like we all... D- I don't know. I don't know what yeah, I'm trying to say. No, like, it's I, I part know part of you're American saying. culture. I know what you're saying. Like, yeah.
0: people are so logical today, and that's good. Like, I love logical rationality. Yeah, But at the same time, every society has their myths and legends. Yeah, You know, and... The ancient Greeks had their mythical creatures like Cerberus and the Hydra, but even modern Americans have our mythical creatures like Bigfoot and um, you know who else? I was going to say uh, oh yeah, the Jersey yeah. Devil. I was going to say the Loch Ness Monster, but that's yeah. not us. Yeah, it's not us. We have the Jersey Devil. You're from New Jersey. Yes. I've talked about some of uh, the local cryptids from oh, Southern California, it? but yeah, what do you got about your home hometown, home state? All right, I went deep on this shit, but um. Let's see here. Um So first of all, what tell us you're from New Jersey. Did yes. you grow up? Do they do they embrace the Jersey Devil over there?
1: It's weird. I think you have to kind of seek it out yourself. Like as a kid, I would see a lot of like uh issues of weird New Jersey around. Okay. And that was kind of like th- there was always this air of like it's weird here. Like we have some crazy folklore. Um and then there's like the the hockey team. That's about it. But like uh I also didn't live around the area where the Jersey devil's from. That's uh, the pine Barrens. That place is scary. looks like this behind us, but more Brown. But uh, so I don't fully know, Um, but where I grew up, not really, but uh, I I like to just like Google stuff as a kid about it. Um, But here I pulled like the
0: complete history. You want to get into that? Uh, I believe when I was a kid, I read a book about the Jersey devil that said a woman gave birth to an abomination that flew out the chimney and that became the Jersey devil.
1: Well, let me read it to you if you're down. Um, so first of all, the New Jersey pine lands is home to miles of pine trees. That's why it's called that. And Sandy roads, but it's also the home to the New Jersey's
0: most infamous, infamous resident.
1: Jersey. Not.
0: Tony Soprano. Apparently not. I guess he's fictional (laughs) and the Jersey devil's real. That's the difference.
1: Yeah. So like you said, the most widely held uh, belief about the origins of the Jersey devil is that Mrs. Leeds, the resident of Eastville was distraught when she learned that she was expecting
0: the third, a child for the 13th time. (laughs) Sounds fake. Sounds Eastville doesn't sound like a real place. And who has 13 (laughs) children Uh, in disgust? She cried out, let it be the devil. Why would she say that? Uh, the story
1: continues that the child arrived and it was a baby devil. Oh, a baby devil. Is that like <laughs> baby Yoda? Yeah. The child. Um, the creature then gave a screech, unfolded its wings, and flew it out of the window into the adjacent swamp.
0: My first question would that is be the Why fear the child? Yeah, fear the mother that gave birth to the hell spawn. What kind of freaky stuff is she? Yeah, she to? like
1: screamed like make it the devil, and then it's like, oh well,
0: you got what you wished for. Yeah, like this woman was like, ah, make it the devil, and, <laughs> and then it literally became the devil. I think she's a witch. Um, actually, too. that's a, that's probably the untold part of the story. If I was gonna do a movie about the Jersey Devil, the mm-hmm. mother would definitely be a witch. Yeah. So that just makes sense.
1: Yeah, like in that folklore they're just trying to act like the number 13 is so evil that like your child just ends up
0: being well this is what i'm saying if the story is actually that she's a witch and this is some witch coven shit that she's been planning like oh our 13th child let it be the devil (laughs) like the the story frames her as like an innocent bystander and victim who just happens to be screaming let my 13th child be the devil but I think the intellectual in me is going to fill in the gaps here because yeah. this story has some holes, like a piece of Swiss cheese. <laughs> she was up to some nefarious stuff. I don't think she's so innocent, Mrs. Leeds. Mrs. Leeds, I think Where's she Mr. was Leeds? exactly no mention of a husband. She's a part nope. of a witch's yep. coven. How did she even get pregnant without a husband? They're doing some some freaky shit, demonic conjuring, <laughs> devil worshiping stuff, and that actually lends some credence to the Jersey Devil story cuz it fills in some holes. Uh
1: when I was doing more research, I I found there's this one guy I I couldn't get his full name, but he, his last name was also Leeds, and he okay. goes around, he, I think he's still alive, and he goes around claiming he is related to the Jersey Devil. So that's pretty funny. Yeah.
0: yeah, he's my uncle. Yeah, yeah. I call him Uncle Frank. He claims to have seen him and all that jazz. Yeah, we, we visit at Christmas. Yeah, he gets drunk on, on Thanksgiving and is an asshole. That's why they call him the Jersey Devil. Uh,
1: <laughs> I wanted to do more research about the Jersey Devil, and I was always wondering if there was any like photo evidence yeah. of the Jersey Devil, and I found some. Oh, uh, This is probably my favorite story to come out of my research here. Uh, man claims to have photographed mythical New Jersey devil from the legend dating back centuries. This uh, was written about in 2015, and uh, I have some info here. Um, th- it was photographed by a man named David Black, a resident of the Garden State. Uh, he was driving around 6 p.m. Monday when he saw what he believed to be a llama running outside. Oh, my God. Then suddenly he said the creature spouted wings and took flight into a golf course.
0: Oh my gosh. The Jersey devil is haunting a golf course. Uh,
1: Black said his heart was racing as he witnessed both a childlike wonder and a deep seated childlike nightmare. I have the image. <laughs>
0: I've never heard of a deep seated childlike nightmare. Yeah, me either. Um, how, how was your nightmare? Well, it was deep seated and yeah. childlike. It's Sur- been with me for a surprisingly, while. Surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly innocent, but really got under my skin. Uh, do you want to see the image? Heck yeah, I do Um, I think it's right here
1: There it is this (laughs) cracks me the fuck up because He he did it ladies and gentlemen. He got it I don't want to be a pessimist here, and I I don't want to like shit on the Jersey devil I think someone threw a goat in the air and took a photo and it really makes (laughs) me
0: uh, stuffed animal goat. Also, yeah. like, you thought that thing was a llama. Have you seen a llama before? Uh, <laughs> there's that. That is
1: the Jersey Devil. Um, and now I just have a bunch of uh, kind of random encounters with the Jersey Devil. You want me to go through those? Okay, yeah. So in 1909, the Navy uh, started a mass panic in the Pine Barrens overseeing the Jersey Devil. The uh, Navy did? Yeah. In 1909, members of the Navy were running drills... At the hanover mill works in the new jersey pine barrens a navy commander named stephen Deactor I, i'm so bad with that with last names mm-hmm. claimed that they were uh practicing shooting cannons when they spotted the jersey devil in the distance they claimed that they even shot the creature with a cannonball wow according to a witness they saw the cannonball come in direct contact with the jersey devil and yet it was still alive somehow how, how did that even happen? Must be true. I don't know. When the story got out, people had no choice but to believe it must be true because it was coming from the Navy officials. Uh, the public went into an even deep state of panic. Over 1,000 people uh, contacted the police claiming they saw the Jersey Devil 2. Schools were canceled in the town surrounding the Pine Barrens. Well, if 1,000 people saw it, it must be true. Bro, they shot it with a cannon. They fucking shot it. Ah, uh, look. And at Looney Tunes style, like came back together, listen.
0: I'm not saying they saw the Jersey Devil. What did they see, though? They saw something. I mean, they shot something with a cannon, and a thousand other people in the neighborhood saw it. This would be what an, a, was it? This would be an amazing
1: cover-up of like they accidentally shot someone with a cannonball. And like, maybe it was a person. Maybe it was a Sasquatch. Maybe it was the Jersey Devil. We don't know. All right. In 1927 the Jersey devil attacked a cab driver. Oh, shit. In 1927, a cab driver got a flat tire in the middle of the night in Salem City, New Jersey. He got out of his car to change the tire, but the terrifying creature emerged from the woods and tried to attack him. The driver got back into the car, but the Jersey devil was pounding on the roof of the car as it was trying to get inside.
0: So there's that. As far as i know seems like nobody has successfully fought the jersey devil and presumably this thing is still alive still alive and kicking and ready to terrorize you on a dark night where you try to change a tire in the middle of the woods um this next one i find unbelievably
1: interesting and if i were to make a movie about the new jersey devil it would be this okay In 1883, the Jersey Devil was on display at the Ark Museum in Philadelphia. Um, The Ark Museum in Philadelphia specialized in displaying hoaxes. It spreads posters around town claiming that they had captured the Jersey Devil. Okay. And that it was on display in their museum. Uh, It was the body of a kangaroo with wings attached, and they rebranded it as this taxidermy as the New Jersey Devil. But here's the thing that happened, uh, or why people were so baffled by it. At the time, Amer- a lot of Americans had never seen kangaroos before. Oh, so, awesome. So they, they were like, what the fuck is that? Um, they sold tickets for only a dime. And I have a picture of uh, one of their uh, posters that they've set up around. Uh, All right, Philly, let's New see it.
0: Let's see what the kangaroo devil looks like. It's just a drawing, but I love it. Well, I mean, caught the Leeds devil here alive. That's That's a li- alive are you kidding me? <laughs> Do they sew wings to a live kangaroo? I hope not.
1: It says here that uh, w- the research I was doing said it was just a taxidermy so I think uh, They were trying to get people in there by saying it was alive captured Friday after terrific struggle Yeah, we just got him just on just this Friday. I mean, this is fresh uh, The fresh devil, right? here. This is also where I don't know if you ever heard the of the Australian vampires no uh the the same place in philly uh before rebranding it as the new jersey devil was calling that thing the australian vampire the australia
0: they, they'll just go with any so it's a marketing plan. yeah like they'll call it whatever pretty soon it's gonna be a blue whale because people yeah. want to see blue whales <laughs> and they
1: don't know what they look like. um and here's another one i have uh the wharton state forest deaths of 1980 this one is a little graphic so prepare yourself for that um, classic johnny The the Wharton State uh, Forest is smack dab in the middle of the Pine Barrens. Um, The chief forest ranger named Alan McFarlane was called out of South Jersey Farm near the Wharton State Forest. The entire park, uh, excuse me, the entire pack of the farmer's pigs had been brutally slaughtered in the middle of the night. Uh, The back of each pig's head had been eaten as if something was perched on their backs and ate their brains. Uh, whatever killed the pigs left the rest of the bodies alone and moved on to the next animal. What? Uh, this uh, this type of attack is not normal behavior for many of the local animals, yeah, and the no mystery shit. has never been solved. That one is actually eerie, and I saved that one for last because, like, I'm well, a- I'll
0: yeah. solve that one. That guy killed his pigs. That guy fucked up his own pigs just for a- ate a- their a- brains. Just for a- yeah, that guy was biting pigs all night. Pig (laughs) biting, just for a publicity stunt, because that's crazy. Yeah, that would be sad if that is the truth. What do you think? Is the Jersey Devil real?
1: I don't... I mean, I want to believe, but I mean, I think we would know if there was a fucking evil entity chilling in the
0: woods for hundreds of years.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Same with Sasquatch, too.
0: Well, it's interesting because with Sasquatch, you never know because it always seems like there's a massive cover-up going on. Yeah. Uh, With case in point, just me researching this very episode, some peculiar things started happening. I want everybody out there to do me a favor. Figure out this conspiracy for me. Pause this episode right now. Go to Google. Type this in olympians reveal do they believe in bigfoot this is a story i have the image of this look at this this is what your google search is going to look like look at how many times this story comes up june 28th 2021 this is a story from about two or three weeks ago i found this story in preparation for this episode in which they interview all of the 2021 olympians from america and ask them a simple question do you believe in bigfoot yeah most of them say no simone biles says no (laughs) but there is one olympian in particular a swimmer named caleb dressel who says he does believe in bigfoot and he encountered the monster on a family camping trip And I was going to, I didn't watch the rest of the video because I was going to save it for this episode so that we can watch it it together. But what happened three days later, the video has been scrubbed from the internet. You cannot find this video anywhere. Google search this for yourself. Olympians reveal, do they believe in Bigfoot? You're going to have the search results and every single link you click is going to be a 404 error. The link is dead. The video has been pulled. Why? I searched what's happening. What don't they want us to know? What is the CIA or whoever is behind this conspiracy trying to hide from the public? My theory. Yeah. Probably makes the Olympians look really yeah, bad if they <laughs> if they're going on record being like, yeah, I saw Bigfoot. Yeah, I believe in Bigfoot and everybody in America is like, this is how what we're sending. This yeah. is good. Who, this? I think it just makes them look bad. But, you know, I don't know, because I mean, you uploaded the video and then you pulled it. So what's going on there? Look it up for yourself. You're not going to be able to see the video. I, if anybody out there can somehow Please send that find this video. Track down the metadata. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> Dude, if you can hack into find the- this video, send it to us. We will leak it on this show. Dude. We will let Caleb. We will let Caleb Dressel's words be heard. <laughs> the public needs to know. Um, I have one final
1: New Jersey Devil thing. Okay, with that. Okay, so I, I like you. I also wanted to go into the modern times here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Six Flags is opening up a Jersey Devil coaster. The tallest and fastest of its kind in the world. Um, Six Flags is offering a devilishly good time in their newest ride at Great Adventure. The Jersey Devil coaster will have a cutting edge experience according to Six Flags. The coaster will climb 130 feet into the air and reach top speeds of 58 miles per hour. I have a photo of this on here because it might be the most insane coaster I've ever seen in my life. So we got some cool devil stuff. Okay. That looks
0: like the logo to a bottle of beer.
1: Yeah. Craft beer. But then check out the car.
0: Whoa. And also. That looks like some Hellraiser stuff. It is the
1: longest. Like it it broke records for being the longest single track coaster. I have video of it if you're down to see some
0: of that. Yeah, sure. Fire it up. I like roller coasters. These guys look way too happy to be riding such a fallacious roller coaster
1: yeah single track I've, i don't think i've ever been on a single track coaster in my life uh this thing at first i was kind of like oh that looks cool but then seeing it in action i was like this the single track ma- seems like it makes it scarier in my
0: well opinion. um yeah i'm not sure but, i mean what's the benefit of being on a single track like i think i think you can do like different maneuvers yeah oh my gosh that's so steep i rode x at six flags uh-huh magic mountain here in california and that thing is insane um that has like moving chairs and it's super huge yeah this this looks pretty smooth this looks that is true
1: yeah for some reason like the single track like really makes me feel like i'm gonna fall off the edge
0: but uh, yeah, uh, that's about it. this looks pretty typical. That maneuver right there. That's what you can do on a single track. You can do these cool like corkscrews. I played roller coaster tycoon. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Ooh, look at this little loop here. Yeah. So this is the longest in the world. I think right now, single track. Oh, um, well, it just looks like a roller coaster. Also, yeah. I love when the theming of these roller coasters stops the minute you walk past the front door yeah. and then it's like a death machine in a parking lot. Always. Yep.
1: And that's it. That's pretty much it. There. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. I dude, next time I'm in I'm in New Jersey, I'm I'm definitely going on that thing.
0: Hell yeah. I don't know. I feel like my time with roller coasters has come to an end. I don't really? I don't need that kind of excitement anymore oh, in my life. Roller coaster. Um, I don't want to harp on Bigfoot for too much longer. So my last two stories, I will say, is Bigfoot was sighted uh-huh. on May 20th in Ashland. Okay. Uh um i believe that's outside of virginia ashland virginia um what's the story here a 20 year old woman walked out of a 24 hour gym around midnight <laughs> when she turned and saw it's ahead head to her car in a well-lit parking lot there were no other vehicles in the lot on that side of the building she reported though that she was not alone she heard a twig snap and looked and saw a creature seven or eight feet tall covered Jeez. in gray fur And racing back into the woods about 30 yards away. It was far too large. uh, Likely several hundred pounds and moved too quickly to be a man. She (laughs) believed that she had witnessed. Sasquatch. Old man Sasquatch. And I mentioned this earlier, but they're they're having a Bigfoot festival in Florida. um, In Lakeland, Florida. Where uh, they're offering a safe space for people to come and compare... Their Bigfoot stories and theories. Ooh. Organizers of the event are saying that people who have sighted Bigfoot are often ridiculed or made yeah. fun of for their sightings and are afraid to come forward. So at this festival, which, um, gosh, I want to say it's called Bigfoot Fest, but it's, <laughs> it's not. I can't find the name of it. Do, do you know when it's happening or did it happen already? Um, it is going to be happening Saturday, July 10th. I believe that's this Saturday. Oh, shit. When this episode airs, there'll be fucking Bigfoot Fest. It's it's happening Dude. while this episode is happening. If you live uh, in Florida, turn this off. Turn go this off right and there. go down there. Get us, some, us some photos. On, on-site on review. Uh, tickets are $20. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, Florida is the uh, state with the third most Bigfoot sightings in the country. There have been up to 150 sightings of Bigfoot skunk apes okay sasquatches or bigfoots in florida big Big feats um i believe that is pretty much all of my evidence yeah stories here i'm all done too i had a couple more videos but i don't think that they're very compelling okay um maybe i'll do a follow-up episode where we just show off some it's hard to find video evidence yeah uh, especially recent video evidence So, you know, um, one thing we didn't cover is kind of the famous Bigfoot picture. I was doing research on that. Uh, that thing comes from California. It's from the mid fifties. I think for 10 years after that photo and video came out, there was a lot of Bigfoot, uh, fever here in California, which probably explains why there were so many sightings. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I like the local legends a little bit more. Me too. They have a little bit more flair and flavor. Um, I didn't even go into it in my research, but there were a string. I didn't go into it, and you'll know why. There were a string of gruesome murders out in the desert that were blamed on the Sasquatches living there, which is kind of sad when you think about it. You know, people have been asking us to do a cryptid episode for a long time, and I was excited to do it. But in preparation for this episode, I was a little bit disappointed to find that there's just not a lot of evidence, especially modern day evidence.
1: Yeah, I was having a similar thing with like the Jersey Devil where I love all these like crazy stories, but a lot of video
0: evidence was like someone talking for 30 minutes. Yeah. And a lot of the sightings are at least 30 or 40 years old. Yeah. At at least, you know, going back to the uh, 80s and 90s, the majority of them come from even earlier than that. Uh, post 2000, it's very few and far between the the sightings, especially the reputable sightings. I mean, I mentioned the woman who saw, uh, Bigfoot coming out of the gym. That's basically the only story I could tell you. We read a story on here a few weeks ago about a shooting that happened in Kentucky Mm -hmm. in supposed Bigfoot country, but it was never confirmed if they saw Bigfoot in that, in that story or just thought they saw Bigfoot and shot a person accidentally. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but um, I think in the future we could definitely do another cryptid episode and like have it be exclusively like Mothman. Have you ever talked to anyone about Mothman before? No, I don't know much about Mothman. Uh, West Virginia local legend. And if you talk to anyone from West Virginia, they'll be like, no, he's real.
0: Mothman is real. Huh? Uh, I would love to do another cryptid episode, but we're going to have to focus on Mothman and I want to do something on ghosts. Yes. Because I feel like in my research about cryptids and Bigfoot, I was continually being pushed towards ghosts where people were, you know, I'm searching for evidence and there's a lot more video evidence of supposed ghost activity than there is like Bigfoot activity. so. We might be able to cover that in an upcoming episode. I think we could do a ghost episode easy and even another alien episode. I feel like even more stuff has been coming out. Yeah. And I want to remind people, if you enjoyed this episode and you haven't seen everything we've done, go back and find our UFO spectacular that we broadcasted uh, a few months ago earlier this year from Hangar 64, a very special set (laughs) that we designed just for that episode. There was a lot more compelling evidence for ufos and since that episode has come out the united states government has released their report on the videos that we covered in that episode so if we were to do a follow-up episode we could talk about what the u.s has said but i was a little bit disappointed with those reports because it was basically like yeah we don't know and it was like yeah well that's all what i already thought
1: I already knew we didn't know. Neil deGrasse Tyson came out and he was like, we could, we could show yeah, okay. his reaction. Right, I'll, I'll leave that. We'll
0: do a follow-up okay. episode on the UFOs, but I think that's going to conclude our cryptid episode mm-hmm. uh, featuring Bigfoot and featuring the Jersey Bigfoot. devil. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we will do another episode. Let us know what cryptids you would like us to Please. research and talk about or any paranormal stories, paranormal activity, mythical creatures, urban legends, whatever tickles your fancy, let us know. I like deep diving and doing research. Uh, today's episode was kind of focused on stuff that I had been interested to hear locally in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what all the stories are out there. What are, what are the local legends from your part of the country? I'm really fascinated to hear about those local stories. I, I appreciate that we stayed
1: local to our areas like that. It seems special to me to share that with each other
0: yeah um but you know if somebody has a hot tip out there you know another uh cryptid that i've always been really interested Uh in is el chupacabra yeah damn i even thought about that yeah so we have a similar to the jersey we have a lot more yeah legendary creatures to talk about on this show but for today we're gonna wrap it up Tune in next week. Uh, we're going to have a very special guest. We're going to interview an Internet soldier who has gone on to explode on YouTube. He goes by the name Robert IDK. We're going to be talking about him about uh, talking to him about yeah. his meteoric rise on YouTube, and also, Robert IDK claims to be a hardcore Internet soldier. We're going to put him to the test. But uh, spoiler alert. He's a hardcore internet yeah, he soldier. Yeah, he really is. I was uh, really surprised. <laughs> yeah, it was. was a, awesome. It was an awesome interview and uh, you're all really going to enjoy it. So come on back next week for that talk. We're going to be back to our normal hijinks. But for today, this has been the cryptid special.
1: Yeah, this uh, is
0: uh, Johnny Arizona and peg leg Derek <laughs> signing off. Uh, and uh, can you
1: do your best impression of Bigfoot in the woods here? are you into doing that uh
0: yeah yeah sure well i heard that bigfoot really responds to uh tribal drum beats and like howling calls okay so So i'll do that like uh
1: oh are you doing it yeah okay uh
0: Real wealth expensive
1: food items so uh, off out the gate here. We have the grand uh, I'm gonna butcher uh, the pronunciation of all these things.
0: Uh, We have grand Vela's tacos Yeah, so that is a taco How much was it it
1: is worth? $25,000 are we putting that picture on screen? Yeah, I'll put them all Can I see what this looks like sure. Uh, Uh, So hold on I can what, tell you what's
0: in it. Well, what's in this taco?
1: Um, it is the most expensive dish in the world currently. It, it features Kobe beef, Almas beluga cal, caviar, uh, black truffle
0: brie cheese. I'm sorry. Beluga whale eggs? Yeah. You, On the taco. You don't need to be eating beluga whale Y'all don't need to be eating beluga whale eggs, no. rich people. Spare the beluga whale eggs. Come on.
1: Uh, That's a a common theme with all these is the beluga whale uh, caviar. Um, uh, And it is served on a gold flake infused corn tortilla. So gold flake tortilla.
0: Um, You know, suddenly, I suddenly want to eat beluga caviar. (laughs) Now that you say it's a theme in all these meals, maybe I'm missing out. Maybe it tastes so good. Dude, I I don't even know. Somebody's like... Oh, is there Beluga caviar on that taco? Yeah, that's worth twenty five thousand dollars. I
1: think it's just like the the theme of these is that it it probably doesn't taste good. It's just like a fucking yeah, showing you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Because everything that I just said in that taco sounds gross. You're eating gold.
0: Okay, what's the next one?
1: Um, well, there's more in that that taco. Uh, it also has you know I know you're right. Uh, it's topped with tequila apparently. Oh, you can get drunk. And, and coffee beans are in there. Sounds like it tastes like shit. And
0: yeah, exactly. It will make you shit. So and your shit's <laughs> going to come out blue.
1: So the next one is the Fortress Stilt Fisherman Indulgence, which costs $14,000. Oh um, this one's oh crazy. God. This is from Sri Lanka. This is food, ladies
0: and gentlemen. You eat this uh, in about five minutes because they're small.
1: Yeah. So renowned for being the world's most expensive dessert um this, the dessert features a stilt fisherman so like they make a little fisher fisherman out of chocolate like they have to carve that, that. is not worth $14,000 uh, <laughs> anyone can do that uh, uh flavored just, with Bailey's uh, ice cream Irish cream sorry you just
0: melt the ice the chocolate and pour it in a mold
1: yeah, it's just it's mostly just ice cream in
0: here. Oh, adorned with gold leaf. I love how you're reading the $14,000 dessert and you're like, man, it's just it's mostly ice cream. Yeah, it just it's just like served with mango and pomegranate
1: uh, champagne. And yeah, it's like, I don't care. Uh, why is this expensive? It's like, oh, yeah, the, the adorned with gold leaf. Um, but it also features an 80 carat aquamarine stone that they put on it. I don't know if that's edible. Maybe
0: gold leaf tastes really good. I don't think it does. Maybe <laughs> gold leaf and beluga caviar is the ultimate umami flavor. So you're going to look at that. Yeah, I see it. All right. The next one is the Louis 13th pizza. This is the most expensive pizza in the world.
1: Yeah, it's worth 12K.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Um, made uh, of ingredients like three types of caviar.
0: Yum. A beluga whale caviar? Uh, Yes. Uh, of course. Well, that's worth twelve. I, I won't be able to pronounce half these caviars. So I'm on. just gonna the beluga whale caviar that they put on the pizza has to be more beluga whale caviar that they put on the taco, but the taco is worth twice as much money. Yeah, the,
1: three types of
0: caviar on on this pizza. Oh, they must be sprinkling the beluga whale caviar on lightly. They're going cheap. This is yeah. a cheap pizza. Sorry. Um, Rich.
1: besides the caviar, I'm billionaire. I don't eat that <laughs> cheap stuff. The pizza also features a very expensive lobster. Uh, that is that has been shipped from Norway. So when you order the shit it gets immediately <laughs> shipped from Norway uh, I think you have to order all the shit like 40 hours in advance as well. Um Seven types of cheeses uh, it costs 12k uh, Served in Italy
0: $12,000 pizza. Oh, you have to be in Italy and get a ship from Norway
1: um, This is the next one is just the the beluga caviar.
0: Okay, the beluga almost caviar Brass tax just the beluga caviar
1: which is uh it costs nine thousand dollars
0: shut up no way really that's like basically ten thousand dollars
1: yeah okay we'll say 10k
0: yeah it's like nine thousand eight hundred something
1: dollars this is like an experience uh yeah what's so good about the beluga caviar uh served by beluga which is the company uh the only caviar dedicated restaurant in dubai oh oh sorry um a portion of 250 grams of beluga almost caviar is sold for uh 9000 $10, yeah 10000. um is the rarest and most expensive caviar in the world and then it comes with a 24 karat golden cigar.
0: Ooh. Uh
1: yeah so th- which is th- that's worth void think? <laughs> I love this image they have it on like a little seashell. Yeah.
0: Looks it looks like um um one of those like sticks those candy sticks that look like cigars you know
1: when i saw this image i thought it was, the caviar was like shit like in the, the uh like
0: a caviar cigar.
1: yeah i thought it was just like oh look it's like a cigar but no it's just a gold cigar uh the next one is the F- fleur burger 500, five hundred five thousand
0: five thousand dollars for a burger yeah okay. kobe beef
1: yeah the most expensive burger not only in the u.s but also in the world uh it comes a price tag of five thousand dollars um now we're
0: getting into what i can afford
1: yeah Few slabs of prime foie gras. Did I say that? And duck fat and freshly baked brioche bun. Uh, the duck fat. Yeah, the burger served with a nice. bottle of 1995
0: Petrus. Okay.
1: Um, this is uh next we're getting we're getting to like the meme stuff because this is the the 24k pizza. I've seen videos on this.
0: All right. Well, that's 24k pizza.
1: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but it costs uh 2,700 dollars. <laughs> Uh, the 24K pizza is topped with a layer of actual gold and served in the industry kitchen of New York. God, Topped with edible gold leaf with hundreds of dollars of uh, caviar and foie gras.
0: Literally, at this point, I'm so unimpressed because we've been talking yeah. about some of the most frivolous stuff. Yeah. When it comes to, like, a $4 million dog collar or $1 million toilet paper... A $2,000 pizza just doesn't yeah. sound like anything anymore. It's
1: just topped with uh, gold leaf and truffles, which both don't
0: taste very good. Yeah, pizza tastes like shit. Yeah. Man. And it's cheap. I'd rather get the $12,000 pizza, to be honest. It tastes right. better. Next got one. beluga caviar.
1: <laughs> the billion-dollar popcorn. For how much? Do you want to guess how much?
0: Half a billion dollars. <laughs> 2500 Yeah, we're going down in price um well for that price there's no beluga caviar on that popcorn i'll tell you that do you want to guess what's on the popcorn what no i don't 23 karat gold flakes oh <laughs> of course <laughs> how did i not imagine
1: um and then it's seasoned with some like really
0: hard to find salt i'm gonna say that gold flakes has to be my least favorite seasoning of all time yeah, because yeah. it probably tastes like shit and yeah. it's not worth the money um this one is this one's nice though but then again i've never eaten it so it might be awesome yeah i don't know i i, I can't imagine it tasting like anything somebody send us some gold leaf Please. and we'll eat it we won't spend it we'll eat it i will definitely if you get that gold leaf the most on this table thing we've i will ever eat gold leaf on camera I, i'll give you a food review <laughs> we'll eat it in front of sean and he will cry
1: yeah um, when you buy the billion-dollar popcorn, all the proceeds go to a food bank. So there you go. So okay. b- buy the popcorn. All right. White truffle and gold pizza. Look how disgusting this looks. Looks like shit. Looks yeah. like a baby made it. Yeah, it's like it's like a, a like a. It looks like a DiGiorno pizza. It's covered in fucking spinach. Well, they and can gold see leaf. the picture. Oh yeah yeah. Um, knows the most expensive pizza on the planet. Uh, it's not. Not anymore. Um, thin crust pizza base uh, features buffalo mozzarella, white truffles, and sprinkled with 24 karat edible gold leaf. Sounds disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Next is the, the the zillion dollar lobster frittata, uh, worth about two thousand dollars. Oh, I, I should say that pizza was also worth
0: about two k. Zillion dollar frittata.
1: Yeah. This one, um, this omelet is available at uh, uh, in Manhattan. Features a ten ounce of caviar, a lobster. Six eggs, cream chives, lobster sauce, and served over a bed of Yukon Gold potatoes.
0: All right. Well, um, how many do we have left? One more? Yeah, we got one left. Okay. The, the, the final, final one. The Golden Opulent Sunday. I've heard of this. I've heard of this one. So
1: this needs to be ordered 24 hours in advance. I think uh, Two Chains had this one on his uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, show. I've seen that. Um, the dessert features three scoops of ice cream and caviar and gold uh, leaf. Yeah. Yep. Of course. A sugar forged orchid. They make a orchid out of sugar uh, that takes eight hours to build. Um, is is served in a crystal goblet worth about three hundred fifty dollars. Uh, eighteen k gold spoon. So there's that. Yeah. There you go. Um. Yeah. tusk Uh. Chocolate from Tuscany. Vanilla bean from Madagascar. Candied fruit from Paris. It's cone uh, with gelato, topped with caramelized
0: pecans. Yeah, yeah, blah yeah, blah yeah, blah, yeah. and gold $1, leaf. thousand dollars. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, they're putting too much in there for a thousand bucks. There you go. That was interesting, though. That expensive food. I don't think at the bottom of the list, like if your food costs less than thousand dollars, it shouldn't be on that list. Yeah. If it's under ten k, it doesn't qualify. That's our episode for today, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. And are hungry. you hungry? <laughs> I'm so hungry right now. We're hungry. I think yeah. we gotta go get um, you know, a taco. Um, I'll spend like twenty-five cents on a taco, you know. I don't know if I'm gonna drop twenty five thousand oh, dollars, but I, I was about to match you. 25 cents. We're getting 50 yeah. cents worth yeah, of tacos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in San Diego. Tacos are cheap and they're delicious. We're not gonna waste any more time. Thanks for watching. We'll be Thank back you. again next Saturday for more Strangeness. Mega strangeness. Stay weird, everybody, and have a good time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.